Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yes, indeed. I am joined once again by Master Gardener Teresa Rooney answering your lawn and garden questions this Saturday morning. Good morning to you, Teresa. I hear you. Uh, you're way in the background there. I know you're there. Why well, maybe way in the background. I'm all plugged in just fine here. Yeah, you got to turn it way up. Dennis tells me turn whatever you can way up, and uh, and maybe we'll do it. In the meantime, while you're doing that, Teresa, adjusting your volume, uh, let me give the phone number, which is also the text number. Uh, if you have any kind of a lot of garden questions, six five one. Four six one nine two two six. Call or text six five one four six one nine two two six. Especially when we're looking at a forecast of uh, seventy five and sunshine today, maybe raining uh, tomorrow or on Mother's Day. All right, Teresa, are we ready to go? Are we ready to go? You're way back there. Why? How can I be way back there? This is well, I'm not sure. I'm not I'm sure. Guys, uh, is this any better? Nope, that's not any better, huh? Not really. But let, let's do this. Is this any better? No. <laughs> There's nothing like live radio. Wow. I'll tell you. wow that's Son of a gun. Wow. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's let's do this. We're, we're getting How text. How does this sound? Do you sound does this no, sound it sounds better? the same. It sounds the same. So you I would. Call back in? Yeah. You grab the phone and let's uh, let's go that way. Go on the phone. Okay. Yep. Let's do that. Uh, in the meantime, uh, we uh, will be waiting for your questions. We have, uh, we're getting a bunch already, some interesting ones uh, to, uh, to, as well. Now, if you're a regular listener to the show, you know that uh, we get uh, tons of questions. So I don't want to uh, cut it short here. So if you do have a lawn or garden question, don't wait. Again, okay, either call it or text better? it. Okay. Okay. I'm not sure where we are here. All right. Second? There you go. All right. Now we're on. Now, as they say, I'm reading you five by five. I do hear an echo, so I'm not sure if you have some kind of a headphone issue uh, as well. Maybe that's uh, gone now. How's that? Okay. That's good. All right. Excellent. Like you said, radio. Yes, indeed. Now here's here's something. I, a text came in a bit ago, and I uh, you'll have to help me with this thing. It says, "How can I stop squill from spreading through my yard? It is very very deeply rooted." What is squill? 
grill. Okay, that's a really good question because I've just recently found out that that beautiful blue plant called squill, it's a small little bulb that's blooming now in yards, and that is called invasive. It's now an invasive plant in Minnesota. So you can dig it up, um, uh, or you can just pull it up. Uh, Another thing, if you want to leave it in your yard, if your yard is located in an area that's nowhere near a wooded area, nowhere near a wild area, you don't have to remove it if it's in your yard. Um, If your yard is located near any woodlands or any wild areas or protected areas, please do remove it. Otherwise, you can also just mow it down as soon or just as it finishes flowering or even just as it's nearing the end of flowering, just so it doesn't go to seed. It does seed very easily, and we're finding that it's encroaching in a lot of areas. So we just don't want it to take over. So it's invasive now. That uh, It's invasive now, yeah, yeah. All right, let's uh, let's grab a phone call. I believe Gary's first up here calling in from uh, St. Louis Bar. Gary, you're on CCO with Teresa Rooney. Hi, good morning, Denny. Good morning, Teresa. Teresa, is it too early for me to start pruning my ewes yet, or should I wait a little bit, a while longer yet for that? Gary, you, you could trim them now. Um, it's best if you could wait. Mine's already started to set some new growth, so that means I can trim it. So if yours has started to set some new growth and started to, to bud out a little bit to to have the little green at the ends, you can go ahead and trim it. Use are really easy to trim. So, yep, you can go ahead and trim that, Gary. You used the word invasive a minute ago, and I, I'm looking at a text message, Teresa. It says, I've been researching, texter says, buckthorn, and it mm-hmm. says that they poison the soil like a walnut tree, how long does it stay in the soil, if you know, after re- you remove the plant? Have you heard of that as far as poisoning yes, the soil? Yes, um, it's, it's allopathic, um, which means a lot of plants are like this when, they, when they're in a seed form. Almost all plants have a little bit of this. It protects it so that that little seed can sprout and not be encroached on by other seeds. So all plants have it. But unfortunately, some plants like walnuts, and the buckthorn, they have a lot more, and it stays in their system the entire life of the plant, which really then kills off plants around it so it has a better chance to spread. So you want to think, how long is that stuff going to stay in the soil? Well, it depends on the soil, of course. If the soil is a really heavy clay, it's going to hold on to that longer. If it's a real sandy soil, it will wash out longer. But as long as there's roots and there's stems and there's seeds in the soil, all of those are going to be continually leaching the chemicals that will impact other plants. So if you're cutting down buckthorn, it's not as bad. It's not as bad as juglone for other plants, but it will hinder other plants. So try to remove as much as you can and then just just do your best. And, and when you plant plants in that area, add a lot of compost in when you're planting. It helps just kind of thin it out a little bit so there's more compost and less of the original soil, so less of the original poison. Um, you know, it could be anywhere from, you know, three years to five to, you don't really know how big those roots are and how long it takes them to decompose. Yeah, and they're tough to kill, too, it seems. They're tough to kill. Yeah. <laughs> they have good root systems. They're a very, they're a very strong plant. So, yeah, they can be tough to kill. And and you also, if you've had buckthorn in your yard or in your area, the seeds, strong plant. So, yeah, they can be tough to kill. And and you also, if you've had buckthorn in your yard or in your area, the seeds are there. And so every time you, you move the soil, you can be bringing up those seeds close to the surface where then they'll sprout and you'll have more buckthorn. 
so you just have to be careful of not moving your soil and, and tilling it up so much. Pretty pervasive. Yeah. Um, let's see here. I know we have to break here momentarily. Here's one. A Texas that bought a peony bare root. When and how can I plant it? Plant it as soon as you can dig in your soil. Um, that could be now if you're up north and you have snow. You'll have to wait a little while. But if you can dig in your soil, go ahead and plant it now. Make sure that the eyes, the little red, um, red, uh, they look like little red pokey things, I want to say, little red sprouts. You want those just at or below the surface of the soil, no more than an inch deep. And just uh, give it a good amendment of compost when you plant it, water it in really well, and understand your peony would like to, to live where you plant it forever and ever. So make sure it's a really sunny location when planting peony. Very good. I want to alert John. You're going to be first up here on the phone. We have more text messages on our Smart Garden Show. Any kind of a lawn or garden question for Master Gardener Teresa Rooney, call it in or text it in. 651-461-9226 is the number. 55 degrees in the Twin Cities. Don't forget, Mother's Day is tomorrow. Uh, and uh, we're going to take this break, and we'll have a look at that warm forecast, too, coming up here on News Talk 830 WCCO. Danny Long here for Malmberg's Garden Center. Yeah, I know you've heard that name for a long time here at CCO Land Company. Been around since 1958. Two locations in Blaine and Rogers. People love to visit Malmberg's Garden Center. Uh, thousands of plants locally grow, uh, grown in their greenhouses. Now, maybe you're looking for some trees, maybe some shrubs, maybe annuals, certainly perennials, and garden supplies. Any kind of gardening supplies you need, you're going to find them at Malmberg's. I want to make special mention that we mentioned that it's Mother's Day tomorrow. There's a Mother's Day special going on tomorrow. Now, if you can't make it this weekend, the Mother's Day sale does go on until May 11th. Now, what does it include? 20% off select items. Like, think about this great gifts here from mom. Wind chimes, estuary, uh, decorative uh, stakes, uh, solar decor, uh, garden hats, Hats, protect yourself from the sun. Gloves, things like that. Uh, Two locations, again, in Blaine and Rogers. You need expert advice in gardening. You're going to find it at Malmberg's Garden Center. These folks are great at helping new gardeners getting started. Get on the web, malmbergsinc.com, but uh, check out their two locations. Blaine and Rogers, Minnesota, Malmberg's Garden Center. Good Saturday morning to you. Denny Long here along with Master Gardener Teresa Rooney on our Smart Garden Show here on CCO every Saturday on the 8 o'clock hour, welcoming your uh, lawn and garden questions either by phone or by text at 651-461-9226. Well, Teresa, as usual, we have callers and we have texters to uh, keep you working here. Uh, Let's see. We promised John in Menominee. John would be first. Uh, Thanks for waiting, John. What's your question for Teresa? Yes, we transplanted an autumn blaze tree from a nursery this past week with the tree mover. It's about two to three inch diameter trunk and about 14 feet tall. Just wondering about the watering schedule for the tree. Okay, you'll want to keep watering that probably. Consider it a baby tree for you for about like two to five years. So this is going to be the 
the bigger the tree that you plant, the longer you have to baby it. So, so consider you're going to have to baby it for two to five years. Um, and you'll want to give it about an inch of water a week. I would put one of those gator bags on it and fill it up and let that, let that water. And then when it's empty, fill it up again. That would be the easiest thing to do. Um, make sure then that you're not um, mowing too close to it because you don't want to damage the roots and uh, the, the, the trunk at all. And if you haven't mulched it already, make sure you've put mulch around the root area and right up to the trunk, leave a good two to three inches bare soil so the mulch isn't t- touching the soil. You can even pull the mulch a little further back than that. Good luck, John, with your new Autumn Blaze Maple. I hope you enjoy it. Very good. This uh, listener says this uh, via text, Teresa. We have a large blue spruce. Under the tree is a lot of creeping Charlie and now small buckthorn. If we spray the area with killer, will it kill the spruce? Or what can we use to get rid of the weeds and plant grass seed? Now, that's going to be kind of tough to grow grass under that, right? That's going to be really tough to grow grass, which is why Creeping Charlie is there and why Buckthorn is there. Um, they must have limbed it up a little bit, so there must be enough light getting in there. I would I would um, pull whatever you can out of there. And then if you need to use a brush killer, read the instructions for the creeping for the um for the creeping charlie you'll just have to pull it that's probably the easiest way and the buckthorn if you can pull it while it's young that would be the easiest thing to do too a manual removal would be the best if you do have to use a chemical make sure that buckthorn and or creeping charlie is listed on that herbicide that you're using and that it says you can use it over tree roots that's going to be the most important thing and then what i would do is i would paint it on or I would be very careful because any any um, if you spray the chemical it could waft up into the tree and then settle on your spruce and you definitely don't want to pull to kill the spruce so I would manually remove it and then I would just really just put like pine bark or mulch under there and not try to grow grass under it out until the drip line and then grow beautiful grass out until the drip line um, it'll look really better if you just have the pretty grass on the outside and then just the mulch, the combination of two, rather than trying to grow mulch under that or trying to grow grass under that, that spruce, and it's going to look bad and it's going to fight with it all the time. And you've got better things to do with your time. So that that's how I would handle it in this situation. Okay. Good luck with that. Teresa, not a lawn or garden question, but uh, does Teresa know, this texture says, if we can start feeding the birds again? You know, I don't think they've let that up yet. And this is in regards to the avian bird flu um, that's hitting our our poultry population. Um, It's it's really hard. I I don't think they have let that up yet. I believe we are still in that in that problem in that with that issue going on with avian flu. So. I would just hold off if you can, or if you're going to feed it, make sure the feeders are far apart so you're not attracting a whole bunch of birds to one area. Um, You know, have multiple feeders far away in your yard. I don't know what else to tell you. It's it's just kind of sad because you don't want that in the bird population, if possible. What we're trying to do is not to have birds congregate. So we don't want birds all together. So we're trying. We're trying to have them social distance. Is what we're trying sure, to do. Sure, yeah, wildlife. that's actually what so, it is. So, yeah. so that's what we're trying to do. So, so we're just we're just trying to keep it as 
trying to keep that population as healthy as we possibly can. And in the wild, birds don't all congregate together like that normally. At this time, they're building their nest, they're getting their food. So what you can be doing is is planting food, um, planting uh, your vegetables, and let the birds take care of take care of the slugs and the grubs for you. Those little caterpillars are really high in nutrients for the birds. So if you see caterpillars, leave them alone, and hopefully the bird population will take care of them. Okay. Uh, this texter says this, Teresa, what, if anything, should I do about a very large ant mound in my garden? Um, you have some choices there. The ant mound is there because you've cleared off a nice area for it. That was very nice of you. You've made the, the it's, you know, it's like in real estate location, location, location. You've made it a perfect location. The soil's nice and fluffy. The ants can build there easily. It's kind of dry usually, so it's not super wet, and they're not competing with a lot of other plants and things. So you've made it really good. So you have some options. You can just leave it or you can get rid of the ant mound. Um, you can use chemicals, you can just physically destroy it um, and and maybe just use a lot of extra water in that area for a little while. Uh, the Understand though, what you're seeing above ground is maybe one-tenth of what's actually happening underground. So you may destroy the top part and knock it down and not see any ants for a while. Then, you know, two, three weeks later or a month later, all of a sudden the ants seem to be back again and you'll just be scratching your head. Well, that's because they were all down below um, and you didn't, you just destroyed the first floor. You didn't take out the basement and the sub-basement and the sub-sub-sub-basement. So that's an option there. Just trying to make it less attractive to ants, a little wetter, plant a little more thickly. Understand if you're out there, they're probably going to be mad and bite you. So you could have some ant issues when you're kneeling in the garden and stuff like that. Good luck with that. All right, very good. Uh, Hang on, Teresa. We're going to take a break and have a look at that warm forecast. That's uh, straight ahead here. We have about another half hour of the show to go, our Smart Garden Show. Any kind of a lawn or garden question, uh, just call or text Master Gardener Teresa Rooney. One number to remember, 651-461-461. 9226. Denny Long here on a Saturday morning on News Talk 830. This is WCCO. And a good Saturday morning to you. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show around every Saturday here on CCO in the 8 o'clock hour. This morning, Master Gardener Teresa Rooney answering your lawn and garden questions, and we have many, as usual. Here's the phone number. It's also the text number, 651-461-9226. Okay, Teresa, where do we begin? How about right here? <laughs> our our Kentucky bluegrass does not grow well on our fence shade, and we're looking for options. Can we add clover or another soft cover, do you think? Clover would probably prefer a little more sun also, but you could start interplanting that with uh, the short fescues, the the little short hard fescues. Um, They would be a great option, and you can just overseed with fescue or a shady grass mix, and that will help thicken that up a little bit. It'll look a little bit different than the Kentucky bluegrass, but fescue can take a little bit of shade. It, it doesn't need as much fertilizing. It doesn't need as much water. So you'll probably be happier. It'll still be a grassy cover. And then if you want, you can also consider other um, 
low-growing plants. If you want to even just remove the grass and plant something else, they're like a low-ground cover that does well in shade. And you could find information of that on um, extension.edu.com. That would work for you. You know, again, I mentioned that again. I'm glad you brought it up, Teresa, because not only is there great information on all sorts of subjects, but if you uh, like taking care of your lawn and and want to get a, a real succinct idea of what you should be doing when you should be doing these things, yeah, get on the extension web, website extension.umn.edu. And, and you know what else? They hmm. actually have a special UMN turf grass area where hmm. you can get a weekly newsletter about turf grass. Now we're so talking. If you are really into lawns, you can get it straight from this source, and you can get a newsletter sent to you. Excellent. We'll mention that again before you leave us today, Teresa. That's a great idea. Uh, here, Speaking of lawns, uh, good morning. This texture says, is it too early to fertilize my lawn? If your lawn is up and growing, you can go ahead and fertilize it. And another fertilization question. Please describe the best way to fertilize established hostas. You know, normally hostas and your established plants don't need a lot of fertilizer. A light top dressing with compost is always appreciated by most of these plants. Their prairie plants don't even need that. But a hosta, you could just top dress with a little compost. Or if you just want to put down a little granular fertilizer first thing in the spring, as soon as you see them up and growing, they'd be happy with that. The compost will help to make the soil better and make the, the whole soil system better. The the uh, fertilizer is just like a quick meal for them that feeds them for the month. They'll be fine with just that. Just one time would be just fine, unless you're finding that your hostas are really struggling. Then I would definitely add a compost and maybe the fertilizer also. Okay. Uh, if you have a lawn or garden question, you want to chat with Teresa, same number, 651-461-9226. Let's grab a phone call from Sandy calling in from Eden Prairie this morning. Sandy, you're on CCO with Teresa. Thank you. I would like to know when I should plant some annuals and perennials I just bought on Thursday. Okay. So are you local? And You said you're local, right? Okay. Um, yes. So which annuals are we talking about? Um, marigolds, alyssum, and um, pansies. Okay. All of those can grow in the, go in the ground now as soon as you can work your soil, and so can all of your perennials. So your perennials you can get in right away, Sandy. You can put your annuals in right away. If, however, you grew, you're growing anything like tomatoes or peppers or squashes, those it's way too early to plant yet. But everything else you should be able to get in the ground now, uh, especially your perennials. If, the, if the, your local garden centers are selling them, they should be aware that you can plant them. So you should be able to plant them just fine. Good luck with all those, Sandy. That sounds exciting. Very good. Thanks for the call. And that number, again, 651-461-9226. You can also send a text, too, if that's easier. Speaking of text messages, here's another one. What do I need to do to keep my apple trees from getting bugs and destroying the apples year after year? Okay, first of all, you have to figure out what kind of apple problems you're having. The easiest thing to do would be to bag your apples. So as soon as you start seeing the little apples and you thin them out, so you just have like one apple every six inches or one apple every foot, 
Um, that means your tree won't be overloaded. Then you can bag them. You can use a little Ziploc bag with the two corners cut off. You just put it around each apple, staple it, uh, close it, and then staple it shut. That'll prevent a lot of the ones if you do it very early. You'll be preventing your plum curculio. I have a hard time saying that one. Um, and other ones, uh, you can bag them. You can put little footies over them. I'm going to try that with some, of my, with some of my fruit this year, just little footies that you would wear on your feet. You could use that. Otherwise, if you know which insects you're having a problem with, then you can find a fruit tree spray and spray according to the schedule on the label. Uh, it really depends what insect problems you're having. But if you do the mechanical barriers, you can just do it one time. Your tree will look kind of goofy. Your neighbors will think you're doing something really goofy in your yard with your tree, but you'll have beautiful apples and you won't have to worry about spraying or anything. But if you do want to use the chemical, then you have to figure out which insects you've had a problem with and then do the, do the schedule according to the label on the product that you're getting. And then remember, always clean up the fallen fruit. So when you get that June and July fruit, that windfall that falls on the ground as the tree aborts some of the flowers or, or some of the apples, clean those up. That could be a place where insects are starting to come in. You just want to clean it up, toss it in your compost bin or whatever you want to do with it. Good luck with your apple trees. As you know, Teresa, we have the smartest listeners, the we most do. knowledgeable. We really do. We do. And we, we had a question about feeding the birds a bit ago. And yes. uh, we received a text uh, from a listener who says, the Raptor Center now says there is not evidence of songbirds spreading flu, so feed them. So if oh, that's true... Okay, then. Go that's for good. it. I, I would I, I will check on that and yes, that sounds wonderful then. If that's what the Raptor Center says, I'd go ahead and do it then. Go oh. ahead and feed the birds. Good, because I want to put out my Oreo feeder. I'm trying something new this year. Oh, excellent. <laughs> let's uh and good luck with that. Let's uh let's grab another phone call, Teresa. Donna, I think, is calling in from Clara City. Uh Donna, thanks for calling. What what is your question for Teresa? Good morning. Um question. Morning. I had Two trees taken out, a walnut and a butternut, and my grinder guy came and took all the roots and everything out. Uh, can I push the dirt and the, the shavings back in the hole to fill my hole? You can. Uh, if and if you are, you going to plant grass over that? Is that what you're planning? Yes, planning to reseed okay. it to grass. Okay, so go ahead and do that. Watch your grass carefully because there'll be a lot of wood shavings still in there. And as they're covered with the dirt, they start to decompose. And as they decompose, they can pull nitrogen from the soil. And then since there's so many of them, eventually that nitrogen is released and you could get a nitrogen burn. So your grass may be yellow and then it may be over nitrogen, over fertilized for a minute. So, so you want to look, watch for that. Also, remember that the butternut and the um, the walnut both have the juglone in them, so it's going to be hard to grow other things that are are, resist, are um, susceptible to that. But grass is not a problem. You should be able to do that just fine. Um, I would go ahead, add some compost as much as you can, and then go ahead and plant your grass. Good luck with that. Okay. This listener via text will want you to speak a little bit about prickly ash, how best to remove it, and what time is the best to do that. Hmm. Not exactly sure the best time. The best time would be whenever you can get to it. Uh, and I would just, uh, you know, cut it. If it's really big, if you can pull it, that would be good. If you can't pull it and you can just have to cut it at the roots, 
then I would uh, paint or cut it at the roots, cut it at the soil level, and then I would paint that with a brush killer, uh, that open wound as soon as you cut, then paint it. And if you want to, just treat it like a buckthorn. So if you're if you're not quite sure how you want to remove it, look at buckthorn removal. It's not it's not invasive as buckthorn is. It's not as bad, but it will give you the same kind of ideas what you can use. Um, you know, cut it to the ground, put a can over it so any sprouts that come up right next to the to the stem you've cut the the trunk you've cut. Um, come up under under the can and can't photosynthesize and just know that it's a procedure and uh, it, you'll just probably have to be working on it for a little while but it's probably a lot easier to remove than buckthorn actually good luck with your prickly ash okay let's uh, take a phone call i think uh, marie is hanging on the line calling it from st paul this morning uh, marie thank you for waiting what is what's your question for uh, Teresa marie yes good morning the question I have is we have a maple tree on the boulevard, and we've been noticing that the tips of the branches that have the buds on them that are just starting to come out have been eaten off by squirrels. And they're cut off, you can tell, because they're cut off at an angle. And, they're mm-hmm. you know, the little twigs, the branches, mm-hmm. and they're all over the grass. And, I've you know, from week to week, I rake and I sweep, and it just continues. So it does. Squirrels, squirrels, I like that. Squirrels, um, their teeth keep growing all the time, so they have to keep gnawing all the time. So that's one of the reasons they do that. Uh, They also um, may be testing those branches to see if they're anything good to eat because sometimes there's a little moisture in there. Sometimes they like the flavor of it. I mean, we like maple syrup. Maybe that's part of it. Also, because squirrels use trees as runways, they like to keep those runways clean. So when you sweep your sidewalk, they're basically sweeping their runway. They're cleaning off all those little things that are getting in their way as they're running across the branches. Uh, We find that squirrels do this a lot. A lot of times, probably in June or July, all of a sudden your tree will be dropping all of these little branches with flower with leaves on them a lot a lot of times probably in june or july all of a sudden your tree will be dropping all of these little branches with flower with leaves on them it's the squirrels just cleaning up the tree there's nothing you can really do um, it's just what squirrels do and what they do to trees it it just is what it is they, they probably will not damage the tree at all uh, because it's a big tree, it's out on the boulevard. It's fine. It's it's done this for years. It could just be that this time maybe you have a little more active squirrels and they're they're being a little more tidy in their in their okay. tree keeping. Very good. Let us take a quick break, Teresa, and we have more show to come here in our Smart Garden Show uh, in the Twin Cities. Right now, I can tell you we have fifty five degrees. We are on our way to seventy five, and maybe on Thursday we could reach eighty nine degrees. Stay with us in News Talk 830 WCCO. Any Long here back from Malmberg's Garden Center. Okay, let me talk about Malmberg's Garden Center. They've been around since 1958. I know you've heard that name for years here on CISO. Two locations, actually, in Blaine and in Rogers. I want to talk specifically about Mother's Day. That's tomorrow. And at Malmberg's, they have a Mother's Day special that's going on. Now, if you can't make it this weekend, but you got some great ideas for Mother's Day. That sale does go until May 11th. What do you get? 20% off select items like wind chimes, 
uh, uh, decorative stakes. What else can I think of? Uh, solar decor, garden hats, gloves, things like that. Great Mother's Day gifts. Uh, two locations, as they said, Blaine and in Rogers. Thousands of plants locally grown in their greenhouses. Uh, trees or shrubs or annuals, perennials, gardening supplies if you're in the market for that. And they are great at helping new gardeners get started. Get on the web. Check it out for yourself, MalmbergsInc.com. Better yet, visit, especially for Mother's Day. Malmberg's Garden Center in Blaine and in Rogers. And a good Saturday morning to you, Denny Long here, along with Master Gardener Teresa Rooney, answering your lawn and garden questions on this Smart Garden Show. A couple of questions, actually, uh, that are the same, uh, and I know I know you're going to get a good take on this, but let me ask you this first question. Uh, Texas says, when should I trim back woody stems from hydrangeas? It depends on the hydrangea. If you're... if some hydrangeas set their buds last year in August, and some will set their flower buds this year on new wood. So you need to know which hydrangea you're pruning back. Uh, I would definitely go to the extension website, extension.uman.edu, and check on which hydrangea uh, so you know when to prune it. If it's dead, you can prune the dead stems whenever you see them. That's okay. Okay. Or if you uh, don't care about flowers, you can prune it to shape, and that doesn't matter. You can do that now. Oh, if, if that's how you feel. All right. If that's uh, how you feel. <laughs> yeah. Now, I know how what you're going to say because you don't have to worry about mowing, but th- some listeners want your thoughts on no mow may and is no mow may a good idea, another one says. I love no mow may. Um, it, yes, it's a wonderful idea. It just allows the, the, the grass to grow a little higher. You don't have to mow in May. And if you've got some plants out there that are good for pollinators, they can actually be flowering. Um, yeah, no mow may is wonderful. And um, if you don't want to admit it, but in reality you're a lazier mower, that's a nice thing too, so you don't have to mow in May. Uh, so, yeah, that's I, I love the idea of no mow May. It's wonderful. All right, because for those that are new listeners, you don't mow anyway, right? I don't mow anyway. I, I have a small yard with no no uh, no turf. I do have some ornamental grasses, but I do have mostly trees and shrubs and uh, a permaculture-ish kind of food forest, nature kind of garden. Yeah, sounds neat. Yeah. All right. Uh, another listener says this, uh, Teresa, when planted asparagus last year, the trench only got half filled in. Can I fill it in to level now? I have seen only one leaf above ground so far out of five plants. I'd, I'd probably let it come up a little bit, I'll let it, let them grow a little bit, and then just backfill slowly. Yes, that's what I would do. Mm-hmm. Good luck okay. with your asparagus. And remember, you still have to wait till even next year to try to try any. Oh, okay. You got to be really patient. Patience, yes. What uh, what sort of ground cover, this listener wants to know, or cover crop would you suggest to plant amidst raspberry bushes to prevent extensive weed growth? Uh, you, you could try clover in there. Uh, it would help to, to feed the plants, to feed the... Uh, the that's probably the, the easiest thing I do. A lot of the other ground covers, I think, might be a little too aggressive and take out too much. Uh, the, the raspberries are really heavy feeders. Um, but you, but you could I would probably try something like a clover, um, yeah. Okay. 
Uh, another you question. Taunton ewes specifically are encroaching on my sidewalk. When and how far back can I prune these? You can prune them pretty far back. Uh, there may be growing points further back that once the sunlight hits them, they will become activated and then they can start growing. Uh, so you could just, they use take to shearing very well. So that might help too. And if possible, you may want to consider, do you want to move the plant? Because they're going to keep growing forever and you're going to have this fight forever. So it sounds like might not be the right plant in the right place. Uh, so you, if you can't figure out how, how to prune them where maybe they're going to get really tall and then they can make an arch over your sidewalk, that could be an option if they're going to get tall enough. But if you're trying to keep them at a lower height and a smaller smaller size on one side, they're going to look could be kind of looking a little goofy after a while. So you may just want to move them either further away from the sidewalk or to a different location in your yard and plant something else um, next to the sidewalk that you can keep uh, that is a better fit for that area. Right plant, right place is always the easiest thing to go, to do. All right, Teresa, less than two minutes to go. Let's do, do a little lightning round question okay. here. My, my flower garden soil is hard. Should I add peat moss versus compost to that soil? Compost. You like that. Can yeah. I trim my limelight hydrangea now? Uh, you could if you need to. Go ahead and trim it. Uh, yeah. Okay, and let's do uh, one more here. Uh, help, the deer ate all of my tulip tops in a new bed. Can I dig up the bulbs and move them successfully, and when do I do this? I would probably wait to move them till they're they're starting to die down just a little bit where you can still see the foliage, but um, the foliage hasn't died down. So this way they can at least photosynthesize. And uh, before you ask any other questions, remember the Master Gardener Plant Sale is next Saturday for Hennepin County, the following Saturday for Ramsey County. Now, wh- where is that now going to be? The Hennepin County is in Hopkins, and I'm not sure ra- where the Ramsey one is. It's a church, but I didn't recognize it and didn't write it down. Okay, can I, you find I'm can you go to on? Hennepin County. All right, there you go. And I, again, for a lot of great advice on growing, green and growing things, whether you want to get the, your lawn in shape, uh, just check out this great website, great reading, extension.umn.edu. Teresa, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for your My help. My pleasure. Your Happy Mom's Day to everybody out there. Excellent. Thank you. Master Thank Gardener you. Teresa Rooney here on 830 WCCU. Now, uh, just a reminder to get those home improvement questions ready. That's what's coming up next hour here on CCU. And enjoy the day, too. And don't forget, Mom, tomorrow we expect sunshine with highs near 75 today. Maybe a windy Mother's Day tomorrow. Stay with us here on News Talk 830 WCCO. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. 
Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.